1: Hope you brought an apple for the teacher because it's time for the star seminar. And now here are your hosts,
2: Rabble Rouser and Danny Phantom. Welcome, scholars, one and all, to a special playoff study edition of the Star Seminar. Leading today's special session will be, as always, the dynamic duo, Doctor Danny Phantom and yours truly, Doctor Rabble Rouser. Doctor Phantom, how are you this fine
3: day? I, I'm pretty excited, Rabs. I mean, it's like here it comes. You know, we got this this big game ahead of us. Uh, I tell you why it's 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 big in a lot of ways. It's, there's there's a couple things that uh, you know the Cowboys have never done. And and one of those things is they've never beat Tom Brady. You know, they have they've mm-hmm. had, had seven chances uh, between New England and Tampa Bay. But and they've they've also never won a playoff game in their navy blues which you know as people like to deem that the curse um i don't really buy into that whole thing but these are some long lasting never have done befores so you know it got me thinking of one of the first things i wanted to ask you is can you think of something that's happened in your life where you've had these failures and then you just like would persevere and like finally have triumph over them
2: so in, in, in the interest of full disclosure, you shared this with me before we began to record. And so I was actually thinking about it a little bit and I actually talked to my wife even about it a little bit. And so here's here's a confession from me is I actually don't have a growth mindset. I'm actually really bad in that way. Like the job I have, we're always working with students and talking about growth mindset, which is that you persevere, you keep trying, you chant, you, you work through challenges. You understand that they make you, they make you better. And so that's how we, that's how we all improve and stuff like that. And I understand that intellectually and I'm really bad at it personally. So um, I'm actually pretty good at a lot of things. Like there's a lot of different stuff I can do. Um, there's some things I'm, I'm terrible at all of which, you know, certainly involved music and, and things like that but I, I'm not good at all about like I was never the kind of person who was like I suck at this I'm just going to stick to it and keep practicing if I'm not good at something at the beginning I usually don't pursue it and if I'm pretty good I, or, or if I'm or if I'm you know if I have early success I'll continue to try it but I'm, I'm really bad that way and it's it's actually you know one of the reasons why I haven't had more success in my career and stuff like that is I just don't Uh, I I don't have that kind of stick to itiveness to persevere, especially if I, if I'm failing badly at the beginning, if I fail badly, I just move on to something else. How about you? Yeah, no,
3: honestly, I'm very similar. Um, I don't, I don't waste a lot of time with it. It's, there's a lot of things where it's like, you know, this is not important to me. I will say like I played poker, you know, earlier and I, you know, that was something that I had to grow and learn to do. And, and if you don't, if you don't get good at it, you'll, you'll end up, it's, it's not a good thing. So, but I no. <laughs> I think one of the things that I can remember the most, and this is kind of a more of a silly perseverance thing is um just when I played city league softball with my poker buddies, you know, you know, we just all love doing that in the summer. It was a great fun activity. Um, You know, we had a, about two or three guys on our team that could, that can uh, go yard that, you know, they can knock it out. Uh, but I, you know, I wasn't a power hitter. I was, I batted second. I got on base, you know, I, I used my legs to, you know, get around. And that that was my role. And I was a switch hitter, you know, but not a big power guy. But I always wanted to jack a home run out. And, you know, there was times, you know, I, usually I bat left if I want to get on base. And I bat right if I want to try to hit one in the gap. That's where my power comes from. And but there was, there's was times over the years where it's like, I just want to take a shot. You know, and it usually ends up being a, a deep fly out or something. A couple times I hit the wall. But there was one instance in particular, we were playing a game where the, the pitcher was just throwing meatballs. And it's like, okay, you know, I, I think I can do it. And so I actually went up there. And typically, I don't go up there trying to hit a home run. But this this one time, I was going to. And I even told my kids that were watching. The bases were loaded. So if I get one in the gap, it's going to clear the bases. So there's good reason to just swing away, you know. In this instance. And sure enough, I got a hold of it. It just barely cleared the fence. It was a grand salami. My kids thought I was... Like you know, magic because like the one time I say I'm gonna do it, I do it. So I mean, to me, that's that's a little moment of triumph. So I, that's nice. Uh, so I,
2: I, as a, a Ruthian moment. You called your shot.
3: I called my shot.
2: Yeah, yeah. So nice.
3: uh, So that Nicely was done. that was fun time. But um, but yeah, I certainly hope that we have some um some streaks end.
2: Uh, this yeah, um, absolutely. I think we all do. I think we all do. And speaking of calling our shots, we have a really good show for you. Uh, you went out and got us a guest par excellence. Um, and I'm very happy to uh, uh, to let everyone know that we're going to be joined by the great John Machota from The Athletic, former writer at the Dallas Morning News, um, one of the hosts of the About Them Cowboys podcasts on uh, on The Athletic, with the greats like Kevin Turner and Saad Youssef and Kent Garrison and um, and uh and from from my money one of the one of the most level-headed and best cowboys beat writers out there he's up there with like todd archer just in terms of guys who are like steady uh respected uh they'll give you good honest work for your, for your uh you know for your cowboys buck so to speak and if you're if you're a subscriber to the athletic i think you know you you know what i'm talking about And if you're not you should become a, a subscriber to the athletic but i tell you what before we bring john and i do have a question for you as we sit here on the cusp of the playoffs um what is your confidence level in this particular in this particular Cowboys team in comparison to other years in your Cowboys fandom. So like, where, where, where are you now in a spectrum? When were you most confident? When were you least? And where are you now? Oh, gee, that, you know, that are is... you ever confident? I know you, my friend, have you ever been confident <laughs> going into the playoffs? It's
3: funny. Cause I will say probably 80% of the time, I don't know where this thing is going to go. You know, I, I pretty much prepare myself, but it's like, I try to, I root for, you know, Ex, you know, root for the 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 best and expect the worst, whatever that the expression is. But, but I will say that in the other instances where I do have some level of confidence, I do recall, I remember back. It was the mid '80s. I think it was it was 1985. It was the wild card game against the Rams. It was you know right before that a little bit we had like three straight NFC championships. You know, and that's when, mm-hmm. and that's when my confidence was high because that I mean that's a good football team, three straight NFC championships. But then I think. We didn't make the playoffs one year and, and I think that was eighty four and then eighty five is right. we did and we played at Los Angeles and I tell you what, I did not feel good about that game. And of course, you know, for good reason, I mean we got we got goosed in that game. It was twenty nothing. That was the game Dickerson just ran all over mm-hmm. the place. Mm-hmm. I, I could be mistaken, I could have my games confused, but I think Dak or not Dak, oh gosh. Please, that's not an omen. I think uh Danny White uh didn't have to throw a touchdown. anyway. I, he obviously, didn't throw touchdown. I think he had three picks in that game. Um, but so that's the one that I would say where I was at the bottom. Uh, the highest for me probably was the second Super Bowl in the 90s when like, um, like Jimmy Johnson's confidence was up there because mm-hmm. he, he even mm-hmm. guaranteed, you know, or what you know made the made headlines with his quote. Um, so that I mean, that was a good football team and I, I felt really good. And remember that also to that season, we started 0 2. But then we just went on a big run. We we like won seven in a row or, th- or something like that. And then we lost a couple in the middle, including that Thanksgiving Leon Let thing. Uh, but then we went on a run again, and it was like two huge runs. So I mean, there's total reasoning to be confident in in that season. So I would say that there's my low, there's my high. Where I'm at right now, Rabs, I tell you what, um, I'm kind of on the fringe of like I'm 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 not feeling. Con- I, I I feel like I did last season where it's like i i think we should win this game but i don't i don't think it's gonna happen i'm just i'm just not feeling good about it so that's where i'm at what about you
2: i think i'm about the same confidence i was last year last year i thought that the cowboys had not been playing well going in i mean i know they had a couple of big blowout wins but i wasn't um deluded by those i saw that the way they were playing and just didn't, they weren't, they didn't have the same kind of juice that they did in, early in the year. They weren't generating the same uh, number of explosives, etc. uh They, you know, they, there were just several things that sort of led to those that were a bit fluky, a lot of bursts of scoring at the end of games, etc. um And I also thought there was a very, very bad matchup. I know San Francisco is a wild card team and the Cowboys were a, a division winning a team who, who got the home game but I just felt like of all of all of those possible matchups that was the worst one and um, you know it, it came true and it turns out that they were they were a, a bad matchup this year I actually don't I don't fear the opposing team much at all um, I think that the team is far weaker and a far and the Cowboys match up with them far better than they did with San Francisco last year but I have a lot less confidence in this Cowboys team even than I did last year for a team that was to my mind, evidently um, fading from where they had been earlier in the year. I I feel like this team has a couple of really big problems that they have to solve. Mm -hmm. Um, And if they don't solve those problems, it's going to be an early exit. And I don't know that – I don't know that either of them are soluble. So the first is – their offensive line is a shambles, right? Their offensive yeah. line has always struggled to pass block all year, but they they, they were a good enough run-blocking t- team uh, that they could run the ball with some level of consistency. Uh, and every once in a while, you know, every, every once in a while get a nice big chunk play in the running game. Um, and they ran well enough so they didn't have to expose Dak to a very poor pass blocking line, and what would happen with that um, if he were to pass forty times a game, for example, which means he'd get, be getting hit a lot more, uh, there'd be a lot more risk, a lot more times you have to throw in tight windows, a lot more interceptions, all that kind of stuff. Well, um, as we know too all too well, ever since Terrence Steele went out, uh, that stopped. They're no longer a good. Pat run blocking line I, i'm not sure that the left side of the line was ever a good run blocking group i think that the right side of the line with terrence Steele and zach martin were really good and they they covered for a lot of ills and now we're finding out that tyron smith is he can't do it and that he and zach martin uh you know as much as they would have seemed like a dream team a couple of years ago really aren't cutting it and so um I just, I just don't know how they're going to fix this. Yeah, they're going to get Beattish back. Yeah, that means most of the guys are going to be in, in the same positions they were in. But I really feel like the bread and butter of their running game was that they could always rely on that right side to be road graders in third and short. Uh, and they could uh, around the goal line um, when they really needed something. They could go to that right side, and those guys would plow guys out. And they're not doing that anymore. And so that 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 bothers me. And the second one, something we've talked about a lot, which is that the pass rush, which was the one elite unit that the Cowboys had that was truly elite earlier in the year, that if the, if the rest of the team wasn't playing well, i.e. during the entire Cooper rush stretch, um, it, it, it was okay because the pass rush was so elite they were going to create mismatches they were going to create turnovers they were going to compensate for a, a whole litany of ills that they are no longer compensating for they're no longer compensating for um the fact that one of the corners is is more of a liability than the other i i don't i mean i'm not even sure to what degree the drop off a cornerback is about anthony brown versus the fact that the pass rush isn't getting home i mean obviously they're they're both they're both real but if they still had they had the pass rush that they had weeks two through seven Nobody would care that Anthony Brown was out mm-hmm. because nobody would be getting open. Right. Right. The, the, guy, the quarterbacks would be on their, on their keisters before anybody could get open. And so, and, and we'd probably still be playing with Kelvin and Joseph because he never would have got beat deep. And, um, and so, uh, you know, we've talked about this before. If you're, if you're going to make a playoff run, you either have to have the best team, you have to have the most explosive passing game or you have to have a quarterback that doesn't make mistakes and a really good pass rush that allows you to neutralize the superiority advantage of the other team's quarterback and passing game so uh the the classic example of this is the 2007-2011 Giants who uh were always, always at a disadvantage in terms of quarterback because Eli Manning is a doofus who's a mediocrity. Um, but their pass rush was so good with those four guys with that NASCAR package they had that they were able to, um, sort of overcome that discrepancy. And actually by, by not turning it over, Eli Manning was able to be the better quarterback because they were able to, um, sort of eliminate that advantage. And, you know, when, when he went up again, guys like Brett Favre or, you know, whoever, mm. or Tom Brady, um, and so, if the Cowboys pass rush can approach anything like it was, they have a shot. And, if, and you know, because because then you know everything changes. The entire equation changes. But if they don't, if they can't win consistently on either line, do what do they have? I mean, they're they're gonna they're gonna they might be lucky enough to beat Tampa Bay, but it it's there's going to be a quick exit yeah. soon thereafter. And, and soon uh, thereafter.
3: And the things you mentioned too, it's like for those things to happen, they're going to have to basically travel back in time. I mean, we're going to have to go back. It's not just the Washington game. We're going to have to go back away yes. to, to where they were playing and doing those things, because that's what makes it hard for me is it's not going to be magic. You know, they're going to, it's like, you know, how can this team get to that level of play? Because there's been some time that's been elapsed. So this, this is the new Cowboys. Now, are they as bad as Washington? Certainly we hope not, but you know, it's they're not that same team. I mean, they, they haven't shown that they are, and that's the part that worries me. Because, I, I mean, I think a lot of fans are probably hoping that that the real the real McCoy show up, and it's going to be that team. You know that that the real McCarthys the show real, up. The real McCarthys. <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope that I tell you what he's kind of been downplaying this all year. Like, no, oh, it's nothing to worry about. We're fine. I'm I'm hoping he's I'm hoping he's right. I'm hoping he knows something that I don't and those guys, they're going to unleash the, the, the good football coming up because mm-hmm. what they put on film for us to watch over the last handful of games is not pleasant.
2: I agree. So I think I think one thing we have to do as Cowboy fans is toss the Minnesota game out the window, right? So everyone keeps holding that up as a sort of beacon about what this team is capable of, and, and I think that that's true. This team played, a, and, and they, by their own admission, a perfect game. But I also think that that game was partially about Minnesota. I think Minnesota was a tired team. They, they, they had a bunch of really close games against good competition, and I think that they were, they were due for a real stinker. And so they happened to play a stinker they probably to play like one of their worst games, if not their worst game in the last couple of years um at the same time the cowboys p- played their best game. So we'd throw that one out if we throw that one out and we look at we look at the at the cowboys, when's the last time that the things we're talking about were actually seem to be in play and to me it's probably thanksgiving against the giants that's probably the last game that i remember seeing where it felt like okay here's a team where they can make plays on defense uh the 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 pass rush can get to a quarterback where the offensive line can sustain a running game where all those things were happening i mean i think that other we saw little glimpses of them against indianapolis certainly in that explosion in the fourth quarter we saw glimpses of it against um the jaguars they were pretty good on offense during during moments but in terms of both of those things operating at the same time, for me, the last time we saw them was Thanksgiving. So that's been five games. It's been a long time.
3: Right. No. And I totally agree with you on that game, even though it wasn't like a overwhelmingly blowout when we you know we actually were like trailing them, you know, early part of the game and Dak had a couple of picks, but it was different kind of picks, you know, and, but, but I totally agree. I think what, what we were seeing and how they played it, it's different. They were doing things. They were playing winning football then, but, That's been a while, you know, it's there's, Mm -hmm. and you're right. I mean, there's been times where we see like in the Philly game, they played some good football in the Philly game for sure. I mean, let's, let's give them credit, but we've they've also seen so many instances over the games against, against the AFC South teams where it's just, this is just terrible. This is just not good at all. I mean, it didn't, it's not that we lost to Jacksonville. It's that we collapsed against Jacksonville. And um, I mean, and, you know, the same is true against a, a Green Bay team that's not in the playoffs. Guess what? Mm-hmm. They're not in the playoffs. They're not good enough to be in play, But they're still good enough to beat the Cowboys when they're not playing good football. And that's what Tampa Bay was on week one. And, you know, that's what worries me again is they can be – Tampa Bay could be good enough to beat a Cowboys team that's not playing good football.
2: You know, you earlier you were saying uh, that, the, you know, the, the high end of, of that spectrum for confidence was like the early – uh 80s championship um you know NFC champion teams repeat NFC champions and um it got me thinking about what being confident about the team does to me psychologically, which is that when the team is like like those '90s teams used to wreck me psychologically because anything less than a Super Bowl was a profound disappointment. They had to win every Super Bowl. I mean, once they won in '92, then for the next three or four years, if they didn't, it was crushing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they lost all the regular season game here and there, and it was very it was it was oftentimes disappointing, but it wasn't crushing. But when we got to the playoffs, because that team was uh, it, it, to my mind and, and remains. It, it, to my mind one of the best if not the best team in NFL history and so um it I was absolutely wrecked when they were in the playoffs because I know how fragile it is I will say that on on Monday night, I'm just going to kind of approach this with some curiosity because I don't have I don't have great expectations for this team. I, my confidence is 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 pretty low. I think it's probably been lower for other playoff teams. Like you know they've they there have been worse playoff teams like '98 when they were a 500 team yeah. right, right, and squeaked into the playoffs somehow and you know were summarily dismissed by the Vikings. They were only they were only a playoff team because they swept the horrible NFC East that year, but. um but even in the last few years, I, th- I felt better certainly about the te- team in 14. I felt a lot better about the team in 16. I felt better about the team in 18. You know, I mean, so I felt better about a lot of teams. I, th- this team's in some ways, I think it's very talented, but there's just something missing. Uh, and they haven't been playing well. And, and so if they, you know, if they win, that's great. But I'm not, I'm not expecting it because I, I like you said, we haven't seen it. This hasn't been a dominant team. It hasn't been a team that's shown us, you know, people talk about, oh, you can't style point wins. Yeah, you can of course you can. And, and, and I think it's important that you do so because the way you play does continue. It does perpetuate Absolutely. not year on year, not year on year, but certainly week on week. And, um, you know, the idea, and I think this is actually one of the things that the Cowboys as a culture fall prey to is that you can just turn it on. And I don't know that I believe that. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that their recent history suggests that you can, uh, you know, their recent history suggests that, if you just kind of you know you you get to the point where you have enough wins for the playoffs you kind of cruise through the last half of december and then you're not playing at your best when's the last time they played at their best in december 2014 is the only year i can think of that they did that and when's the last time that they played really well like going into the playoffs that was 2009 remember remember that those last couple of games in 2009 where they really took off mm-hmm. and played great that first game i mean every other year when they get in the playoffs that first even when they win the first round it's a nail biter that they have to win in the fourth quarter yeah no and so and i think that there's something about this the the culture of this team that just kind of they they enjoy smelling themselves and once the once they get 10 or 12 10 or 11 wins are like okay we're good we're just going to turn it on the playoffs and i haven't seen them do it
3: yeah no i think i think curious is a great way to approach it because and i'm i'm in the same boat is um because it's not just about winning this game it's about okay what what type of team is this when when it really counts you know and and, and what kind of team they are is going to mean everything for what's going to happen in the next, next game. So, I mean, we're going to know, obviously Cowboys eliminated. We're going to know how good they are, but we're also going to get a a better sense about where this team is and and how they win this game, if if they're able to. So I think curious is a great way to describe it. Um, But honestly, Rabs, I am curious to hear what our guest has to say. So, what do you say we
2: go ahead and bring John on? I think that's a great idea. Let's get him in here. All right, students, put away your laptops and have an extra shot of caffeine because you are going to need it because today we have a tremendous guest for you, a guest lecturer, par excellence, none other than the Professor Emeritus of Cowboysology, the great, and I do mean great, John Mashoda. We followed him from his days at the Dallas Morning News. We now follow his writings over at The Athletic, and you can even hear him on the About Them Cowboys podcast with other greats like Kevin Turner, Saad Youssef, and Kent Garrison. The Poet Laureate of Cowboysology, the great John Machota. John, how are you today, sir?
4: I'm doing well,
2: guys. Thanks for having me on. So listen, I just want you know, to say how, how uh, tickled we are to have you on. Um, before you got here, we were actually talking about uh, our confidence level in um in the Cowboys uh going into the playoffs this year versus other years and I told him that I have I I, uh, I'm not that confident and actually last year when I was confident was 2014 and I know you are a lifetime Lions fan I'm just wondering before we get into this do you still have nightmares about Anthony uh, Anthony Hitchens like uh, what's going on with with you and your Lions fandom have (laughs) you gotten over this one yet
4: yeah no I mean it's uh it, it's so hard to describe being a Lions fan. I will say the bit, the the biggest thing from living down in Dallas now for over ten years is there will get to a point in this season, and that certainly has gotten to the point in this season where I hear a lot of complaining from the fan base, and I'll always there's always a part of me I'll be like, oh, you don't know how bad it can be. Believe <laughs> me, you you know, I mean, it gets bad, but um, yeah, I just there's something with when a team doesn't really ever compete for championships, it's I don't know. It's kind of like for the majority of my life up until 2016, really like with the Cubs, like is, is anybody really out there going, I hate the Cubs like outside of Cardinals fans, maybe like, why would you like, it it would be the same way if, if the Lions ever made a run and and got to the Super Bowl. And if you want to get on my Twitter timeline and talk about like how you hate the Lions or something, like, I don't care. You're a loser. Like who wouldn't, I mean, it just, what have they ever done to, to affect anybody other than their own fans, you know? So Uh, it's super easy though, covering an NFL team when the team you grew up watching is just very rarely, uh, must see TV. So it's easy to be focused on your job. You don't feel like, Hey, I gotta be like watching what's going on over there. So, um, and I mean, they played better this year, but now like I knew in 2014, um, and there's been other games. I mean, I think I've covered now four or five lions, Cowboys games and several of them have been very good. There was the, uh, you know, the Calvin Johnson game where he went off and Matthew Stafford had that, you know, where he faked the spike. And I mean, there, I've been to around a lot of where Des Bryant started going off and him and Jason Witten got into it on the sidelines. Like, there's just a lot of memorable moments that when you go through them, you're just, you know, that you can't be a fan because there's just too much going on. It's like, I don't have time to get into this. I have to be writing something. I have to be doing this. I have to do that. I have to, no. I mean, here's one of my favorite ones that I, I feel like, um, I feel like people. And this is this is a just a writer uh problem that nobody else will even care about, but it is funny. Like, no two stadiums is it same to get down to the locker room after the game. The fact that anybody would think that this is just, oh yeah, the, the person will just take it out, whatever. It's amazing how at the NFL level, how it just is just out of control after a game where you're just like, where am I supposed to be going? And then with this team, you're like Ah, but Jerry might come out of there, or, or we might have to do this. Like, I don't want to miss out on that, you know, because it's not just, you know, I'm not the only one trying to get these people. So are other people. So it's chaos after some of these games on the road because you don't know exactly where you're going. So the, the idea that I would sit there, like some fans might think, and be like I was celebrating that the Lions. I don't care at the time. Like, I'm trying to get my work done because this is my job that, I, that I'm trying to do. So, uh, no, and sitting through that 14 playoff game, no. I mean, there's uh, – that was a good Lions team, don't get me wrong, but uh, I just never really – I didn't think that they were gonna. Nobody has ever broken the heart of of, of a Lions fan because a Lions fan thought of that, that team that oh they were gonna win the Super Bowl. Like nobody ever thinks that, you know. So uh, <laughs> no, there's definitely nothing. There's nothing there. I would love to see the Lions win a Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I, I I don't have great faith in that happening.
2: Fair enough, fair enough. So I uh, appreciate you coming on with us. We're having a special study study session before uh, we head into the playoffs here. So we want to pick your brain about some um, things that are going on with our Cowboys as we, uh, as we get ready to uh, head into uh, the first round here, which, of course, is a road game against the Tampa Bay Bradys. Um, I'm going to let Danny kick it off. He's got the first question for you. Students, get your pencils sharpened because the knowledge is about ready to tumble forth. Danny, what do you got?
3: John, I listened to the the post-game podcast uh, earlier in the week, and uh, and I jotted down some notes. And I highlighted a few things that were said that uh, were a little unsettling. Uh, Mind you, emotions weren't good following the Washington game. But here are a few things you guys said. I just wanted to go over them real quick. Um, First, you guys mentioned that McCarthy said uh, we didn't have a good week of practice last week heading into the Washington game. And that's not something you really want to hear going into your last regular season game. Uh, KT said uh, this game was like a reverse mojo moment. I heard someone say, show me a team that played this poorly in the finale and then crushed it in the playoffs. And then finally, this feels like a one and done team. Uh, so so those are all really bad things, John. Uh, <laughs> so my first question for you is, has this Cowboys team peaked? Are we now looking at a team that is ill-equipped for this playoff run? And if so, uh what do you attribute the downfall to the most?
4: Yeah. I mean, if I'm just going off of what I've seen this season, I do think that I thought I look at what I've, I've watched and it looks like a team that's peaked against Minnesota. And there's since that game, in a way, I feel like they're just a team kind of going through the motions, almost like they showed what their top level was And it was almost like, okay, we're ready for the playoffs now. But then other games had to be played before the playoffs start. And there's a part of me that even while they were still winning these games, albeit not showing great, you know, nothing that'll blow you away. Colts, Tennessee, uh, Texans, things like that. I still felt like, yeah, but they're winning the games in the end. As long as that keeps going, they'll be fine. And then that that Washington game happened. And uh, to be honest with you, I I was telling another reporter today, whether it's podcast, writing, whatever, it is the, it, my job is so easy after that Washington game because where this job is most difficult is when you're in the gray area where it's like, yeah, did we see this? Did-? When you see that, you're just like, okay, this is, this isn't, this isn't debatable the way that they're playing. The only people that's going to debate you on this is just an, a blind homer that you're just like, okay, I, I, I don't have time for you. Okay. Yes, of course yes, Cowboys are going to win another Super Bowl this year, just like they've won the last 26. I know. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Now, I don't have time for that. Um, When you see what they did against Washington, there is just no excuses for that. There's no, yeah, but I think they were being vanilla with the playbook. But no, you don't ever want your team to be ending the season like that. You don't want your team to ever play a game like that. And then on top of it, just to see the way Dak Prescott played in that game, to have one of your worst games of your career right before you're about to enter what you could argue is the biggest game of his career. That's not great. You would never want that. the 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 back to back throws that Dak made out into the right, the one that should have been picked off the first, and then to come right back and do that. That to me almost didn't even seem like that was real. Watching that, that seemed like that was a movie. That you're just like, oh, okay, very, very good Hollywood. Yes, this would never happen in real life. And you see that go down, and you're just like. What is what is going on? Is this even real? Like I can't even believe I'm watching this right now. And so there's just there are too many things that happened in that game for anybody to feel good going into this playoff game. That's not to sit here and say, oh, don't even get on the plane. You're just going to get blown out by Tampa Bay. No, there's teams that, you know, they don't play their best at the end of the season. Something can happen to that Tampa Bay team in that game and it could spark them and all of a sudden they get back on the right track. But if you can just go off of everything that you're seeing and hearing up to this point, it's not good signs. It just, it's not, I mean, Vegas is telling you for this game to be all, all the way down to two and a half, the way the Cowboys are playing after that, after that Vikings game, they would have been a 10 point favorite in Tampa. And no, no doubt about it. Let's not act like I keep saying, I think this is the worst team that Tom Brady's played on. You know, I mean, they, they barely got in the playoffs cause they're in an awful division. This is not, oh, oh my God, they got Tom Brady. He's the greatest ever. How can they get past it? No, you're the better team on paper. You're not. You're. I mean, yeah. You have injuries, but you don't have injuries where you're like, oh, how can they overcome all these? No, you should be able to overcome them and, and, and beat this Tampa Bay team. But what I saw against Washington, it's hard for me to feel confident going into that game.
2: I heard some people talk about the fact that uh, I think the, the the plays you mentioned with sort of the back to back throws is one, one example that people have cited. They kind of treated this like a preseason game where they were just kind of trying stuff out. And I think that it's in some ways can explain what we saw but but then it begs another question which is what gives them the thought that that they could be that confident going in and where they can just be like okay you know what let's just let's just try some stuff out like it's a preseason this is basically just like another training camp practice because um for me anyway and i think you've been gesturing toward this john the month before that it's not that they were playing so well that they could just kind of say okay we're ready
4: you know oh well and and i'll say this I mean, I would say that it's at a panic level eight right now, but it's panic level 15, 20, 100. If just the Giants somehow came out with a way and beat the Eagles and the fact that you laid that egg and had a chance to win the division on top of that. I mean, that game was way closer than it should have been anyway. And so you factor all that in to even come out and say that you were just trying things to see how they'd work. I get it from the Dan Quinn side when he talks about, you know, some of the work they were going to give at corner. Totally get that. But offensively, mm-hmm. you would never do anything. I'm sorry. You should lose your job if you thought going into that game, and I, and that goes for the quarterback, play caller, head coach, general manager, everybody. If you thought it'd be a good idea to put a ball anywhere near harm's way with the interceptions Dak Prescott has had recently, you would never even think of doing that. The last thing you'd want to do is have his confidence be like, oh, another pick six. That's fine. I mean, I, I, feel, I see it it bothers him to this point. Like this isn't, like he says the right things. Daxa, you couldn't cover a better professional athlete. I mean, there's just, I mean, he is just, he's a great guy. You root for for him. You, He's the type of guy you would like to see have success. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's left scratching his head here. Yes. There were plenty of plays where uh, throughout this season where they were not on him, those interceptions, but there's some head scratchers, especially in these last five or six games that you're just like, yeah, I understand that some of those were tipped, and so maybe you don't deserve everyone that's on the ledger, but you're throwing too many right now, and you're throwing too many to be going into the playoffs, where you throw those against those teams, season's over, and that's it. And, and you know, there's, obviously I've covered the Jason Garrett years and stuff like that, those teams weren't as good as this team, those teams weren't as good as last year's team, there's just too much talent on both sides of the ball on top of the fact that let's not act like the NFC is just this juggernaut. I mean, it's as wide open as it's ever been. Mm -hmm. You got to capitalize on these opportunities because they're just, you're you're not guaranteed to to even be back here again, you know, with even a team like this. So, uh, it was just really disheartening. That's about as frustrating of a game as, as I've watched the Cowboys play certainly in the last two years, just because of where they are as a team and, and who they were playing against.
2: I think we want to talk a little bit more about Dak in a sec, but before we do, I think, uh, what I'd like to do is kind of set that up a little bit because I do think these two things are connected and, and that is, um, you know, from this perspective, from my perspective, anyway, the running game, especially since Terrence Steele went out, seems like it's broken over the last five games. It's been pretty bad. Right. Um, so, uh, and, and one of the things that I think we, we, we are seeing a lot of is that there's a lot of running on first and second downs on early downs, which means Dak is repeatedly facing third down situations in which he's behind the sticks. So John, it, can you deep into your, uh, dig deep into your bag of, of expertise and help us understand this better? What's what's the problem? What's the, and what's the solution? Do you think that the offensive brain trust has a plan to mitigate this poor running efficiency, or is that just who they are? And 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 what are they going to do against Tampa? I mean, it seems like Vita Vea and Akeem Hicks are both going to be playing, and we know that's not not a great recipe for running. So, what do they do? And what do you think is going to happen on uh, on Monday night vis-a-vis the run game?
4: Well, I, I certainly could see them run some more sets with maybe Zeke and Pollard out at the same time. Certainly that's something that they're not going to sit there and show against Washington or, or the back half of the season. At that point, it, it wasn't necessary to do a lot of that. Maybe more jumbo type packages because I don't think it'll get back to where it was at the beginning of the season. Losing Terrence Steele is a much bigger loss than I think anybody thought at the time, particularly mm-hmm. for the run game. So that you're not going to overcome that. But I don't think the tight ends have blocked particularly well uh, down this stretch either. And so you're going to have to find a way going jumbo, going with some big personnel to just try and get something going. Uh, and and maybe that leads to some trick plays. Uh, like I said, it, bringing out stuff with Zeke and Pollard that maybe you haven't shown very much during the year, just to try and get some type of positive yardage uh, in early down situations because I, I just, that's the one part of the team with all, with, that, with anything that you can be critical of this team right now, whether it's run defense, decks, you know, turning the ball over, the the run game, fixing that is the one I think is least likely to happen. And I think that's the one, if you had a chance and you could fix just one thing, you'd pick that because I think the other things, like I can see them stopping the run. I can see them, you know, getting back to getting better pressure. Uh, I think the takeaways will be there on defense. I can see the defense being fine. I can even see where Dak, you know, I still think he'll throw an interception here or there, but I'm saying I could see him playing some cleaner ball in the playoffs, but the run game, that's the one where I'm like, I don't really see a recipe for all of a sudden where it looks like it did earlier in the season. And that's not to say that they can't win playoff games. I mean, you can win it with the passing game, obviously, but it, it just, it, it lessens your chances of making a deep run if you can't get that running game going at all. And so, uh, you know, I have a, Tyler Biotis was, was in the locker room today he, you know, all plans are for him to play on Monday. That'll help a lot. Um, but still it just, I mean, let's be honest, like me personally, I thought Tyron Smith would play better at right tackle than he has, you know, I, I didn't think it would be as much of a transition. Um, and also it probably has a lot to do with just where he's at in his career. So, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's like anything with issues in, in football, there's just so many different pieces that are involved with it. Um, but I, uh, but again, I just don't see a way that all of a sudden you just, you fix it. You're going to have to, you're going to have to try and you know, paper mache this thing in some way that you can get somewhat of a run game going and get some, you know, push on first and second down. But it ain't going to be something else. And I just see them leaning on.
3: Yeah, it's interesting too because I mean, just watching some some of the veterans get shoved around in, in this last game too, and also even the, the the Titans game where you're facing like backup, you know, interior defensive linemen too. Just they're just getting overpowered. So it's definitely unsettling to watch, and I'm not sure exactly what we're going to see there. But as Rab uh, spoke to, you know, the, the ineptitude of the running game is has uh, repeatedly put the Cowboys behind the sticks. Uh, since the Vikings game, the Cowboys have been running the ball almost 65% of the time on first down, but they have averaged 7.28 yards to go on second down. And after running it about 45% of the time on second down, they still need 6.2 yards to go on third down. So that is not ideal. Uh, but despite the ineffective running game recently, the Dak has typically been there to bail them out. However, he was on the struggle bus Sunday. So my next question for you, John, is, are the Cowboys putting too much on Dak Prescott, and do you think he's up to the task?
4: Uh, the first part, I definitely don't think they're putting too much on him. He's a franchise quarterback. It's go time. This, he is not a young quarterback anymore. He's in the prime of his career. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people will listen to this, and they'll think I'm talking about $40 million a year that to me is just part of the, the gig. I'm just talking about where he is in his career and the talent and, and the level I've seen him play at it's go time now. And I'm glad that you followed up and brought that up next, because that is a part I left out in my last answer is that, uh, you know, he could be part of that running game. You know, there, there's a uh, hey, week seven, week eight, you don't really need to be stiff arming guys, putting your head down Monday night. Yeah, go do it. If you have to, that's what you go do. I mean, I, I mean, there's no tomorrow if you don't. So if that means he runs eight times in this game, and and it, and it opens some things up that we haven't seen. I I totally get why you don't do that against Tennessee. I get why you don't do that against Washington. I don't get why you do that all, all season long. That's fine. But now, no, you, if that's what it takes, go ahead and go get those six or seven yards and slide, get out of bounds, do whatever you have to do, move the chains, keep it going, whatever it takes to try and, and, and get some, some push, something going on first and second down, or let's say it's third and short or in a goal line situation, red zone. This is the time. There is no tomorrow if, if there's no guarantee. Like I get 12 wins, back-to-back seasons. Hey, this is great. Hasn't happened in forever. There's no guarantee that they make the playoffs in the next five years. We don't know that. You can't promise any of that. You might not. You could ever, things with our fun. Let's be honest. Look at the injuries that they've had this year. Um, you know, and all the ones that have derailed everything. Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, uh, Terrence Steele. No, that's what's derailing everything. Jonathan Hankins. We're not talking about Micah, Demarcus Lawrence, Trayvon Diggs. We're not talking about Ceedee Lamb being out or Pollard or Zeke or Zach Martin. Like all these key players are there. You're not guaranteed to have this every year. So I think with Dak, uh, these last few games, I I have started to be concerned with the way that he's played. And, and, you know, uh, the Tennessee game. Obviously, there's some you know tipped interception. You know, the one with the Hendershot thing that that should never happen, But uh, there's some other things where it just leaves you kind of like, you know, there's just not a lot of separation with Michael Gallup. And and I feel like, to be honest with you, if they came, if if Mike McCarthy was like, hey, uh, John, how do you think we need to start this game in Tampa on offense? I would say, obviously, you want to get the run game going, but I would try and get Michael Gallup involved as early as possible. It seems like if you get him going early, that just kind of gets everything to flow. If you start forcing stuff to CD, man, I just think that that you're going to be setting up yourself up for disaster. You got to get Gallup going early. Maybe T.Y. Hilton do some different things. And I also don't need to see—I don't need to see ten targets to Noah Brown Monday night. We don't—that's not necessary. You're not going out firing like that. I get it. You're going to throw the open receiver if you're going down firing. Fire to your dogs, man. Seriously, like there—this can't be. Yeah, well it just didn't work. We were throwing to Cedric Wilson against the Niners and it just didn't happen. No, you go down throwing to your big big time players. I mean, they got too many playmakers for them not to utilize them. So, um yeah, it's it it just it's weird because I do think that there are there are guys in this offense. There's a reason why they're one of the top ranked offenses. This isn't some bad offense. You're just like, man, how can they possibly, you know, pass this together? They've had success and a lot of those key pieces are still there. So I don't think it's asking too much for Dak to put this thing on his back and throw for 350, 400 yards, whatever it takes to win. I don't think any expectation is above it for where he's at in his career. It, this is his time now.
2: You know, when you were talking earlier about him using his feet, it reminded me a lot of the playoff game against Seattle in 2018. If you remember in the fourth quarter of that, he just took the team and put it right square on his back. And he uh, he had three, I think two or three really, really uh, amazing runs to, to, to convert and to, to sort of sustain drives in the in late in the third into the fourth quarter um, uh, to, to, to open up a lead that ended up, you know, leading to the victory. So I, I, I think that you're absolutely right. That, and it, and it, I, I expect him to run more. My pet theory, though, is that, you know, that, that they continue to run the ball because they're trying to protect their offensive line. I mean, their offensive line has been a, with Terrence Steele even was an okay run blocking line, but they've still been at a near the bottom of the league in in pass rush win rate. Um, and, I You know, I think that if your objective is to get Dak healthy to the end of the season, and we've seen what happens when he's not there, how limited limited things are, then you, what you want to do is limit the number of times in which he's exposed. And so you want to try to, you know, get more manageable downs and distances, try to run the ball, try to, try to limit the number of times that they have to pass. But if they can't run at all, I mean, essentially, he's going to have to not only take this team and put on his back, but he's going to have to do so at a very high level of risk because I don't honestly think that the offensive line can – can help him in, in, in this endeavor. I mean, I think, you know, there's going to be a lot of short passes because he's not going to have time. And, and everyone's while he's going to have to choose his shots. He's going to have to break, break the pocket and run. It's going to, I mean, I think it's going to, this playoff run is going to be something where either the pass rush or the offensive line gets better miraculously or Dak plays mistake-free hero ball.
1: Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity And get your child's assessment for only twenty nine dollars. That's s y l v a n twenty nine dot com.
4: And and that's the thing. I mean, that is the great equalizer with with in the playoffs. If you do have an elite quarterback playing at an elite level, they can cover up for for a lot of things, no question. And and I do think that the defense will 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 show up. I think the defense will play well in the postseason. It just if it wasn't for these interceptions, I w- I wouldn't have much issue with that Washington game. I really wouldn't. I'd be right. like, hey, they laid an egg. Move on. But that was just such a bad sign for mm-hmm. a theme that has gone on for far too long uh, to then have that in that game right there. So yeah, I, I just whatever it takes. I, I I mean, pull out whatever you got to do. I mean, to 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 get that running game going. I mean, it. I I think it's pretty clear against that defensive front. And just how much the Cowboys have struggled in the run game. I don't think just doing uh, simple, simple draw plays up the Middles is getting this job done. I just, I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't think they have the guys to do it. Uh, Tyler Biotis, that's, I don't really feel comfortable there if he's 100%, much less, you know, him, him dealing with a, with an ankle issue. So, uh, I'm interested to see. It's going to be fascinating. I mean, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of things that could, that could happen in this game that we haven't seen at all. I mean, heck, it could come down to those things too where, you know John Fossil hasn't really done any trick plays on special teams. I mean, it could come down where they're trying Cavante Turpin doing things like I mean, if it gets to a point, like who knows like where it could go, you know, but you don't want to have to see that. You want to see them go out there and play their style of ball, go down there and move and move the ball. No one's sitting there saying you have to score thirty, uh, but at least look like you can put together some drives look like look like the team against Washington right before halftime, you know, mm-hmm. and, and if it <laughs> takes going to some hurry up, then you go to some hurry up, get a, get them in a rhythm. And get something going, you know? Um, But it is going to be interesting because, you know, like Dak's not going to say this and Mike McCarthy's not going to say this, you know, about, you know, the big picture stuff. They're going to keep it very all about this game. But everybody involved knows that, especially after the way they finished last season, there's just not a lot. There's just not a lot of wiggle room if they lay an egg in this game. There's going to be some changes here that it's not going to be just let's roll it back one more year. Like, I just don't see that happening. There's going to be, there's going to be some, some, some changes so if if you want to maximize you know this window that you have right now that let's be honest this might be the best team that Dak Prescott ever plays on in his career again we don't know what what the future holds I didn't know that Micah Parsons would turn in the player he is maybe they get another Micah Parsons in the next draft or two but maybe they don't maybe they Mm -hmm. draft a a bunch more of Jalen Tolberts and Kelvin Josephs and it and it just doesn't they just don't hit you know so there's no guarantee uh that that you know that there is anything beyond this so you know you, you got to be, all the stops need to be pulled out. We need to see a team that just, it looks like, Hey, they did, the, they played their absolute best and they absolutely, they, they loaded, they unloaded every single thing they had in the clip.
2: So we were talking about the fact that, you know, uh, the quarterback's going to have to start to, to take things on his shoulders and play better. Um, offensive line needs to play better. They're going to have to refine the defense. They're having the exact same conversations at Tampa Bay right now. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the Buccaneers. Um you know as we know their their running game has been more most of the year nobody throws the ball more than the bucks but as we saw on sunday the cowboys also have some liabilities at their second corner and more alarmingly for me at least is the fact that the cowboys pass rush has taken an extended sabbatical so i'd love for you to just kind of give us a, your insight on what's been going on with the cowboys defense not only at you know at that at the corner spot that was formerly manned by anthony brown but i guess i guess more importantly for me it feels like the thing that the Cowboys had that was elite that they could rely on in the first half of the year was their pass rush. If they could get a double-digit a, a double, a double digit lead, it was pretty much over. And we've seen that um, not be the case. We've seen them surrender a couple of double-digit leads that ultimately cost them the NFC East title. Um, what's going on with the Cowboys' pass rush, and what do you expect to see as, as Tom Brady attempts to exploit the team's now vulnerable secondary?
4: Yeah, that's... <laughs> going against Tom Brady it's not great to to be having issues at your any of your corner spots so uh, he's going to certainly be testing those guys out you know I, I anticipate when they're in their base defense it'll be Jeron Bland but then him moving inside and probably mm-hmm. Nishan Wright being the other guy but I mean if it gets bad enough I wouldn't be surprised if Xavier Rhodes gets out there I mean if they have to turn to a veteran uh, just because Tom Brady's picking on that side then you got to do what you got to do I mean you you would you'd like to have some more practices under Xavier Rhodes's belt before that uh, has to happen. But uh, seeing how the experiment went with Trayvon Mullen, I don't, I don't know that you're going back in that direction. Uh, And I know you're not going back in the Calvin Joseph direction. So uh, those are all possibilities on the table, but to your point, yeah, if the pass rush is better then maybe you don't have to worry about that as much. The issue is with Brady is that when he's had the most problems, it's been when that pass rush is up the middle. And I, and I'd argue that that's, you know, the Cowboys weakest spot, you know, they, I think the Cowboys, I look at the Cowboys as being solid at defensive tackle, but they don't have, like, a game record game-changer at defensive tackle that you'd love to have going against Tom Brady. So maybe that means that we see more DeMarcus Lawrence, you know, moving inside and bringing out an extra uh, edge rusher, you know, being being in more of those type of situations, moving Mike over over center sometimes if you have to, to try and just mix things up. Um, because I feel like with the attention they, pu- they put on Mike, and to Marcus Lawrence and guys like that, that you have to, your defensive tackles have to take advantage of some one on one matchups. They're going to have to, they're going to have to find a way to, to, to at least cause Brady to, to throw the ball away, you know, to just, hey, third, third and seven, a lot of pressure up the middle. He throws it away, punt, move on to the next. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be sacks, but they're going to have to, you're going to have to, when this game's over, say like, man, you know what? Neville Gallimore, you know, he had a pretty good game. Hey, did you notice OSA? He seemed like, you know, Jonathan, something there's going to, you're, I just find it hard to believe that they win this game and there isn't a defensive tackle that made a play or two where you're like, damn, that was, that was a pretty good play by, by whoever it is. And uh, so I think that's where it starts. I mean, I expect Micah and Demarcus Lawrence to be very motivated and I expect them to play well. Um, but I just don't know how much they're going to get home because there's going to be so much attention paid uh, to keeping them away from Tom Brady. And let's be honest, Tom Brady is as good as he is at so many things. His best thing might be how fast he gets the ball out of his hand. So, I don't know necessarily his sack numbers are going to be super high, but, you know, you'd like to make him force him into some throws that he doesn't really want to make.
2: Let me ask you two things, John, about things that I felt like we saw earlier in the season that were really successful in terms of the pass rush that that either we're not seeing now or they're they're not working now. And one is, if you remember earlier in the year, they did a lot where they would line up. Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons right next to each other, oftentimes on the left side. And that put sort of, you know, tackles and tight ends on that side into a kind of lose-lose situation. Oftentimes they'd run little, they'd run little kind of stunt games, et cetera, with those two guys. And then the other is it feels like those, those sort of end tackle games where the ends would loop around and, and and then get inside pressure that were really effective earlier in the year that were oftentimes leading, you know, where to mismatches from, you know, Lawrence and Parsons and Sam Williams and, and Doran Armstrong against guards and centers, aren't doing that anymore so a why do you think they went away from that package the kind of like number 11 number 90 right next to each other package and then and then part b of that is what's going on with their inside stunts it just feels like they're getting picked up and they're getting stonewalled now
4: yeah there's that and i think doing some of that also led to some of their games and, and stopping uh, some of their issues and stopping the run uh doing some of that stuff and so i think that's why uh dan quinn probably backed off of it a little bit is just because of the fact of yeah it's boom or bust. I mean, yeah, we're hitting on mm-hmm. some of these, but then there's always the time where, yeah, we did this, and it didn't, well, I didn't get home, and next thing we know, we let up this big play. And so I think that's why they probably went back to being a little bit more basic than, than they have been, and maybe that is something that we see more of you know, against Brady. But I also think he's, I mean, he doesn't have a great offensive line, but he is great at identifying those things and getting the ball out of his hand. I mean, that's, that's the one thing, like, when I watch Dak, there's just very few times where Dak's like, nope, not there, throw that away. You know, and there's just something about like Brady doing that stuff where it's like he's just so hey. There'll be another chance. Let's mm-hmm. just not turn it over. Let's fight for it. And, and it's it's funny. Um, I forgot the game, but there was a play that happened where um, uh, where Dak he should have went down and got sacked, but he ended up fighting out of it and he threw to I want to say it was Michael Gallup. It was it was a home game recently. I can't remember which game. And and he got the first down. And you're just kind of like, man, what a play. And I turned to Saad Yusuf sitting next to me in the press box. I go, that's the exact type of play that when that happens, you're just like, man, what a great play. But you're also like, that's also why you never go down because you think you can make that every single time. And it's just such a it's such a uh you know, going back to Lions, like watching Matthew Stafford do that for years in Detroit. Um, you know, uh there were there were plenty of times where, you know, I'm I'm a big Florida State fan. So Jameis Winston had a lot of that in his game too, where you're just like, yeah, yeah, Jameis, we know you can make that throw. That doesn't mean you have to do that right now. Like there is throwing the ball away, living to, to you know, get to the next down. That, that's not necessarily a bad play. Um, and and Brady's great at that. And so even if they those stunts are working, he'll get that ball out of his hand. You can't get frustrated by, oh, we didn't get a sack or whatever. Uh, you got to keep fighting. But going against Brady, I will say one of the, my biggest takeaway out of being in the locker room today is that you would just tell the message was clear, like, we're not going to be running our mouth about Tom Brady and talking about how we want to beat Tom Brady and stuff like that. Like it's very, they're very locked in. on not saying that, which uh, I think inside, they really would love to have a huge game against him. They've heard all the Oh, Oh, and seven against Tom Brady, Tom Brady, this Tom Brady, that the way that, that, how badly they played against Brady at the beginning of the year, they're going to have plenty of motivation, uh, you know, to put up some big numbers against him. if, If possible, if they can get home, you know that could be the thing that wrecks the game uh, that we just haven't seen recently, so it's hard to just expect it.
3: Yeah, I you know huh. I, uh, I I love John's down to earth perspective on things. I know everybody's really trying to get themselves hyped for everything with this game, and you know we want to believe that, that this team is different. And obviously, you know as you mentioned before, coming off this Washington game, it just kind of it leaves a really bad taste, and it's and it's hard. And you know I think you've said some really level headed things with just kind of what this team is up against and then just you know how they perform but right now you know right now we want to put you on the spot we want you to tell us what you think is going to happen monday night and if you can cap it off with the final score prediction
4: yeah i'd say i just don't have a lot of confidence in the cowboys right now could they come out and play a game similar to minnesota where everything's just clicking you know minnesota game i i still think you know as much as what happens in the you know second, third, fourth quarter matters. I, just, I go back to that game, and I just think of the way Micah started with that sack, stripping Kirk Cousins, and how that set the tone for the rest of the game. Could that happen uh, Monday night? Absolutely. And it just goes downhill for the Bucks. They cash it in because, hey, let's be honest, it's not even really that good of a team. Totally could see that happening. But I don't think that will happen. I think it's going to be uh, a close game. I think uh, Tom Brady is going to be in a situation to win it late, and I don't know how you bet against him if if they allow that to happen. This game shouldn't be like that. They shouldn't allow that to happen, but I think it will. So uh, on our on our podcast, I said Bucks twenty four twenty. I'm I'm sticking with that, but I mean I'm not really I'm not really that convicted in 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 the pick either way. Just because it it could I you could tell me like after the first quarter how it's going and I would have a much better feel obviously, but I just don't know what Cowboys team is going to show up. You know that Viking the the team that showed up in Minnesota they're going to be just fine. If that team shows up in the playoffs, they got as, uh, as good a chance as anybody of getting to the NFC championship game and, and maybe even to the Super Bowl. Um, but if that Washington game team shows up, they'll get blown off the map by any of these playoff teams. So uh, if that Washington game would have been like three weeks ago and they would have had a few games in between that, I'd feel a little bit differently. But I just there just isn't many teams that go into the, into the playoffs off of that thing and then all of a sudden just go on some deep playoff run.
2: Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I think it's the more the more you know perspective we gain, the more that that Minnesota game becomes the aberration. It's the blip on the screen, and there's a lot of consistency other than that game and all the other games. And I, I think that you know if if you look at the way that this team has played basically since Thanksgiving, as especially that whole AFC South run, that team that team is going to struggle against any of these playoff teams. I mean that those they struggled against against mediocre teams who had nothing to play for um and at home you know and so there's there's something there's something amiss here I'm not sure exactly what it is but um it just doesn't feel right so I I, I'm with you I think I think it might actually be worse than that (laughs) I think it might be a little closer to the to the opening night where the Cowboys on offense are really going to struggle I mean I know Tampa Bay's defense has not that was the best game Tampa Bay played all year probably and so people in Tampa are saying wow if we can play like that again we can beat the Cowboys but um i don't know if their defense is going to play that well but i don't know if they need to i mean i i need to see if this cowboys offensive line can can hold their own because uh right now i have no confidence if your offensive line is in shambles then you're i don't care how good your quarterback is you're not going you're, you're gonna to you're going to struggle to to generate explosives, you're going to struggle to generate drives and unless there's some bizarre turnover uh differential or something cowboys are going to lose
4: i'll say thought. this so, real, real quick uh, i wanted to add in though that i do think that There is something about sports where things are going in one direction, and all of a sudden something happens, and it just changes the momentum of everything. And and recently, I would say, in that Eagles game, the 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 third and thirty to 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 Ty, I thought the same thing had the chance of happening in Washington, Uh, where Dak threw to Ty up the right side or up the left sideline by their bench, and, and Ty didn't haul it in. It was just been one of those plays. I think it could have been a spark there. There, that's totally possible that it happens in this game where just like they're kind of going through the motions first couple series and you're just kind of like, man, this looks like the same team. We've and then all of a sudden something happens. Maybe Zeke breaks off a run. Maybe Michael Gallup or something. Maybe a play happens that we just haven't seen. Uh, and then that could spark everything. And then all of a sudden it starts going in a good direction. Uh, that's totally possible. And, and so you got to take that out because it's it almost goes back to the whole, you know, you look at when these on these TV shows and they pick the games and you just see like every single person is picking this one team and you're just like, oh, that's a kiss of death. The other team's going to win now. Like there is that part of where that's what makes sports so great and, and why so many of us love them is because there is that unpredictability. And with the Cowboys being as relatively healthy as they are going to play, I mean, you just – you're kind of like, hey, maybe this will happen. But there's just been too many times that I've sat there and thought like, okay, they're set up for this. Here we go. I mean, I'll give you a great example it was that that second half against the Niners. When, that, when the Cowboys got the ball back, everybody points to that very last series and the clock and all that. I go to the series before that where there was mm-hmm. a couple minutes ago. I mean, Warner's not on the field. Bosa's not on the field. You're playing at home. You got a chance to win this game that you had no business to win. I, at first, Dak's first pass to Dalton Schultz, it gets a drive around. I'm like, oh, the Cowboys are going to win this game. Like, this is there from, this is how teams win these playoff games. And for them to just, I, I think they, oh, you know what? There was the Tyron Smith holding penalty. They were just, and it just set them off. There was a two minute warning. And then everything was just off after that. And you're just like, man, I think that's where they just blew their chance like that. Mm-hmm. They should have taken it right there. And 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 I wouldn't be surprised if that happens in this game too, where there's just that one drive where it's like, you guys going to do it? You guys going to put it all together? Here you go. Go take it right now. You know, you have every opportunity, but will they, I don't know. We'll see.
3: How about you, Danny, where are you, where are you standing on this? You know, it's going to be the sweep because, and I'm not going to say this anywhere in social media if asked, I'm just, I'm, but I will say here, I, I do think that the bucks are going to, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think that there will be some offense struggles for, on both sides. Um, so I'm leaning. I, I got Tampa winning like 19 to 16, uh, but I totally agree with John. I think that it's going to, we're going to look at this game and we're going to see point to these moments, these missed opportunities where we could have had it, but they just didn't do something right. Uh, I, when I really look at this game, there's just, I'm trying to find all the, all the scenarios where so I can envision the Cowboys putting together a really good game and it's hard Uh, It would almost, it would just almost like it'd be out of character and, and like it almost like mysteriously they're, they're back to that Minnesota team. And, and it's certainly a possibility, but it's just, I feel like there's more in the range of outcomes where they're just not doing things right. So I have a tough time with this one. I'm, you know, we should beat Tampa Bay. You know, I, I expect to get past the wild card round. That's where my expectations are, but I'm worried about it. And I kind of have that same feeling, you know, last se- last year against San Francisco. And this is where I'm at again. So I'm hoping for a different outcome this time. But it's just, I'm just not feeling, you know, good about this one.
4: I think the best I, thing I, going for the yeah. Cowboys is that how everybody is questioning them right now. As opposed to like when the Cowboys are kind of the pick and everybody rides with them. You're just kind of like, I don't know, man. This seems like where they're going to lay. There is that part if you're looking for a positive that... This will be a game that there should, they should be highly motivated with the way they came off the Washington game. Everyone's questioning things about them. They should be very motivated behind the scenes that everybody's thinking that, oh, this is just the same old Cowboys, another blown opportunity and stuff like that. Hey, you know, and and then the fact that they're not playing the Giants or the Seahawks. They're playing a team that, hey, they got they got Tom Brady. You got a chance to finally beat Tom Brady. Like there's going to be plenty of motivation there. Mm-hmm. So, hey, maybe that leads to, Uh, you know, them playing one of their better games this season. It just, it's so weird that, you know, that they had the best game I've seen them play. Honestly, I think the Vikings game is the best game I've seen them play since I started covering the team in 2011. That's, to me, that's the best, most dominant against a team that you can say whatever you want about about the Vikings. Not many people are going in that place and and beating them, much less destroying them like that. But then to go have that Washington game, which is just one of the worst games I've seen them play. Like, it just didn't, those two things just show you what the highs and lows. I mean, this team... Could get blown out by Tampa Bay. This team could go to the NFC Championship game.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, one thing I wanted to mention. <laughs> you know, if if the if the Cowboys show up and they actually level this Bucks team, I think that it's gonna the whole just the everyone's gonna feel completely different because all of a sudden, yes. now we're we're at a point to where it's like we can now envision. Okay, all right, so we so they didn't play very well against Washington, but this is a good football team. You know, they have it in them, and this could just be a completely different kind of a feeling and that this could propel them into as they face these real teams coming up. So, um, I mean, that's, that's the one thing that, you know, could come out of this if they, if suddenly they just surprise us and and that's what we see.
4: Yeah. I was going to say, and that's where the Brady thing factors in with me too, because let's say they did, it was against that Giants team, or let's say Detroit snuck in or that Seattle team. You beat one of those and and you could kind of play with your food and beat them, you know, 20 to 14 and, and, and you're just like, yeah, but it is that whatever. But if they beat the Bucs, and because it's Tom Brady in that, there is a chance that you could really build some momentum off that.
2: I, You know, you were talking earlier, and I, I think that, you know, the Cowboys' best avenue to victory is, is something we're probably not talking about enough, which is the Buccaneers kind of suck. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I know they have Tom Brady, and everybody's, ooh, Tom Brady, but he, he's also sort of slightly washed Tom Brady. He's still toxically competitive, Tom Brady, and he yeah. always will be. But sometimes the mind is willing and the body is not, And um and they've – really struggle to generate points their defense has not been particularly strong they're not a very good team they backed into the playoffs in you know one of the weakest divisions in recent memory so you know i I think that if the if the cowboys do win that's going to be a factor because it's possible the bucks are (laughs) one of the you know they may not they might not even be as good as washington frankly yeah you know but i
3: tell you what rabson i don't think i don't think we're really scared of tom brady i think we're scared of the cowboys you know, I think that's yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, our yeah, problem yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Well, well,
4: I, I would, I agree with you. I mean, I I don't, I'm not sitting here looking at this Bucks um, depth chart and just going, Ooh. I don't like this match.es <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like this. Like, yeah, they obviously have some good players, but again, this is not the Bucks team of a couple of years ago. You know, this is this is not. I mean, and then the other part that factors in, you know, when I mentioned about the Seattle thing. Well, if you were playing Seattle, you would be going to Seattle, which is arguably the worst road place to go to just because of the uh, how loud it can get in there. That's not going to be happening in, in Tampa Bay. There's going to be tons of Cowboys fans there. Like that's a road venue that you'd pick to go to, you know, probably weather will probably be decent. Like it's not going to be, uh, you're not going to green Bay or something like that. There's a lot of things that, you know, that, that make it very, very uh, it's, it wouldn't be difficult for me to sit there and say like, Oh yeah, they ended up winning this game. The one thing I will laugh at just, I want to get this on the record. I will laugh at anybody. If that say they put out a good performance or just like, I told all of you,
0: what you told <laughs> us that you're
4: just a slappy? There's no way that you should expect that off of off of that Washington game. There's just no way. Like like I've heard some people say that. Like I just I told everybody that after they lost the Bucks, like hey, they're still in this thing when they were about to go play the Bengals with Cooper Rush. I'm like, the people that are paid in the organization didn't believe that this thing was about to go. In. I don't. I don't know. I think it's Twitter is my problem is I just, you get to see a lot more than you would if there wasn't Twitter, but I'm just kind of like, there's no way that any rational person would thought that they were going to go on that run with Cooper rush. Like, what are you talking about? You know, it's going to happen,
3: John. I mean, we, we, we better, we're hoping for that to happen. I know it's going to be, yeah, I would.
4: Oh no, I will be just fine with that happening. (laughs) I I will just, I will laugh at it. It'll be entertaining to me. No, I would. Hey, I'm going to say this right now. Like I don't sit there and watch games and like root for the Cowboys or anything like that. There are definitely players on the team that I would love to see them win for. I'll be honest, with you, I really like Mike McCarthy. I, Mike McCarthy's a very—he's—he's he's just a cool dude. Mike McCarthy reminds me a lot of, uh, a lot of like the dads that I, my my friends' dads I grew up with in Detroit and stuff like that. Like he just real cool, like down earth dude. Uh, I would love for th- for this team to win. I would love to cover a Super Bowl team. Don't get me wrong, um, that would be great. But I, also, you know, my job is to to call it like I see it and and you know be unbiased about it. And I just don't know how I could be unbiased about it and see that Washington game and, and know how bad Washington is with their starters, much less Sam Howell and the boys, uh, to, for me to just go, oh, no, 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 that's just, you no, they were just, that was a vanilla game plan. They'll be fine. Like, I just, there's, I've watched too much football to believe that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, y'all, you heard it here first. Uh, John, thank you so much for coming on with us. We really appreciate the time. Before you head out, can you do us a favor? Please tell the people where they can find your fine, fine work.
4: Well, definitely on, on Twitter, it's at John Machota, at J-O-N-M-A-C-H-O-T-A. Uh, I tweet probably too much, but I will say, I would say 99% of my tweets are Cowboys related. So if you're a Cowboys fan, I don't think that I'll be beating you down with uh, like 20 Detroit Pistons tweets in the middle of the week. So that you got that going for you. But then of course, in The Athletic, you know, we got the podcast uh, about them Cowboys and uh, myself and Bob Sturm, we try and break it up to where we're writing. So there's something out there uh, new uh, just about every single day. Uh, that's been the plan we've had since, you know, we were both, you know, I joined the athletic, Bob was already there. So yeah, definitely uh, check out our stuff there. I, I mean, I really appreciate it.
2: And if you are not subscribing to the athletic, you are not living your best life and you need to rectify that immediately. Thank you, sir, for coming on.
4: Anytime guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, John.
2: I'll tell you what, my friend, uh, when we were talking with John Mishota, all I was thinking about was we have to get this dude in here more often. It was awesome getting a chance to talk about uh, his unique perspective as a guy who covers the Cowboys from the press box and in the locker room on this team.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've always liked him on Twitter and stuff, but it's really great to actually listen to him and, and, and talk with him. It was, you know, little a uh, little fact here is actually – John is one of the um, first notable writers that f- actually followed me, and just like when I first started out and stuff, I was just a little rookie Twitterer, and uh, so I mean, I, I'd, I'd always kind of like, you know, he's, you know, he's likes the stuff that I do, and I certainly like the stuff that he does. So it was finally, you know, it's nice to finally actually get to talk with him, uh, you know, face to face and you know, mm-hmm. you know v- virtually, and uh, so. Absolutely. And and also, too, and you know how I feel about this. I love, you know, realist. I love level-headedness. I, I don't like us to get too fluffy, and I don't like us you know, to just sit there and be yours and stuff. I, I just think it's very important to speak the truth, and I definitely appreciate that about John.
2: Yeah, it doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. He's a very even keel analyst, and I really appreciate it. And he, and he doesn't, like so many guys, stoke the highness and the lowness for for hits and clicks, and he doesn't do that. He just right, like, right, yeah. tells it like it is. And he's sure. a good, good roll-up-your-sleeves, hard-working, honest, Midwestern kind of writer, and I really appreciate that amidst all, all the fluffery. Uh, speaking of fluffery, there's been a lot. Uh, in the wake of of the last week debacle against the commanders. And I just kind of wanted to say one thing about that. And if you have something to add to this, please jump in. Um, You know, a lot of people are saying it was like the worst worst game ever. We even have had some conversations. John certainly... was was not impressed in in fact i got the sense that he was kind of irked and and maybe a little angry at the team for such a for such a bad performance but part of me feels like the thing we talked about last week which is that it's a damned if you do damned if you don't type of situation you have to try to go for it because you have to try to win the game just in case the eagles lose to the giants um but at the same time you don't want to get anybody injured um you don't want to you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket you don't want to show a whole bunch of stuff if you're getting ready to go into the playoffs etc so i felt like because they, because it was sort of irreconcilable. What that meant was the team did not have a clarity of purpose going into the game, and I think that really showed. They didn't know what they wanted from the game. Mm-hmm. Right? Are, are you going to treat it like a preseason game? Great, then. Dak plays one series and you get him the heck out of there and you go in and you put Cooper Rush in or you make Will Greer, you make Will Greer active and you give him the the, the whole second half. Right. Play it like a preseason game. if That's the direction you're going to go. Oh, no, actually, we want to win the game. Great. Then game plan like it's a real game because they didn't. There was a vanilla game plan and they ran a lot of the same plays over and over so I think what they thought was oh Washington's not a very good team maybe we can go in there and kind of half-ass it and do like a a preseason thing with our starters but not really extend anybody not really you know open up the playbook and eke out a win just in case and and that sort of like half halfway manby pamby thing sends a message all week to your team that I think results in what we ended up seeing I, I really feel like had they decided to go one way or the other we would have seen it a much better product it's so hard at this time in the of the year to gear up to knock yourself against other men at tremendous speeds and literally get in the kind of collisions that are equal to a car crash multiple times when you don't know why you're doing it right like why would you why would you sign up for that tell me why I'm doing it and I'll go ahead and do it. And I, I don't think that the coaches could tell their guys why they were doing it because they didn't have an answer. And I think that the guys, they just weren't in, they weren't, nobody was in, in it. Everybody just kind of thought, well, maybe Washington will roll over. Well, guess what? They didn't. And, um and you, and you end up embarrassing yourselves. Yeah. So hopefully it's, hopefully it's a lesson. I do think obviously this week they will have, A clarity of purpose because it'll be very clear so i I expect them to prepare a lot better i don't know know necessarily they're going to play better because there's all the problems that that we talked about in the opening segment before we got john in here but i think that they'll at least have a clarity of purpose and i think that they're going to be much more focused and intense and creative um, than they were against the commanders and i think this just it just shows you you've got to make a choice you've got to make a choice and run with it and i think they made they, they they their choice was not to choose and and that's what we got I, and and, and they, what they did is put an embarrassing humiliating performance on tape
3: yeah i i hope that's the case rabs i mean i'm not a fan of Mambi or pamby and i really think that there's like a to me i think you know it there's a little bit of a lack of self awareness to this team like if it is what you describe like oh they're just we can just beat this Washington team with one hand you know and 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 that didn't go down like that at all and that's that's my biggest fear is this team could just be a little bit too overconf- uh, overconfident yep. and, and and when i when I say overconfident what I'm really saying is a lack of focus a lack of where what they should be doing where where their attention need, needs to be and not just think that they everything's going to just work itself out because I feel like, you know, and we've talked about this before. Is like when Dak's like in the huddle, fist bumping everyone. It's like, don't worry about what just happened these last, you know, 50 some odd minutes. I'm just going to, you know, I'm gonna, we're going to win this right here. That worked great again in the Houston game. But it it hasn't worked, you know, in other times. You can't just magically just be great. And um, I'm just worried that this team's, their inability to know what they are is going to get them in trouble. So, I don't know. It's
2: concerning. I think they I think they sometimes uh and I think and I frankly think that this is the one thing that comes from the front office that the front office doesn't do well I think that they uh are delusional about how quickly they can turn it on
3: yeah
2: agree yeah. because because I think the 90s teams did that but the 90s teams were so much more talented than their opponents that they could do that. Um, the other thing I, I wanted to kind of mention before we sign off is, is I wanted to just sort of harken back to a conversation we had at the halfway point of the season. When we had we had a sort of our midseason extravaganza, if you if you might recall, and I think we had John Owning and, and Kyle Yeomans and Jeff Jess Navarez on and we were all talking about the, the Cowboys playoff pathways. It was the first time we really talked about that. And the various playoff teams at that time that we identified were Philadelphia, Minnesota, San Francisco, Seattle. We didn't know whether San Francisco or Seattle was going to win the division because at the time Seattle was leading. But we sort of identified those as both playoff teams. At the time, we said the Giants because they were, I think they only had one or two losses. And then, of course, the Cowboys. And we assumed the Buccaneers would pull out the NFC South. And guess what? Lo and behold, those were precisely teams and i just think it's interesting in a a 500 league a parody driven league where if everybody's close to 500 and all you all it takes is you you know you string together a couple of lucky wins and suddenly you know you've leapfrogged a couple teams and found yourselves in the playoffs that in fact since mid-season not a single one of the playoff teams that we identified has changed and in fact the playoff pathways and the general seedings haven't really changed much either at that time we said if the cowboys don't somehow overcome the Eagles and win the NFC East, they're going to be the fifth seed, and this is going to be their pathway. And so we are talking about different ones that we would prefer, but the most likely one, as we all acknowledge, is going to be at Tampa Bay, at Philadelphia, at San Francisco. And that, in fact, has proven to be the case. Um, And we didn't like it then, and I'm not sure how much we like it now, but I just think it's interesting that, you know, in a league that's designed to change to keep fans' interest week after week, nothing at all in fact changed yeah and then what makes it
3: difficult too is like i don't even know who to root for this weekend because you know it depends obviously we, we we the only thing that matters is you know if Cowboy- if cowboys don't win then nothing matters right. um so we, right. we, sure. we we want to we want the easiest route too but it's like oh brother what i don't want is like seattle to upset san francisco and we lose also and then philly's just going to have a cakewalk you know i did that would be like the the next worst thing to happen with Cowboys lose, so I mean, that that's one of the disadvantages of of playing Monday night is you don't get to have a rooting interest in those kind of things. You just always got You got to root based on Cowboys winning, and it's not going to be easy. It doesn't. I mean, unless we see something weird happen, it's not going to be easy. And but you know what? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the Cowboys can do can even do easy. You know, I mean, what we don't want is them to, to have some little gift of a path. And then turn around and then play like they did against Washington, and it's like, well, we're gonna think about that for you know several years because there's a blown opportunity. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess the only thing that matters is Cowboys gotta play great, and if they if they can play great, then who
2: knows? I mean,
3: who knows what could happen? And
2: yeah. So I, I think you know one one of the things we talked about. Let, let, let's let this be the last thing we say because I know we're running out of time. Uh, one of the things we talked about in the opening segment was. Um, you know, h- how the Cowboys haven't played well, but they they do have a chance to catch fire. But, you know, it's not just winning, right? Like people are like, well, they, all they have to do is win. And that's true. I mean, I, all they have to do is win every game by one point. But the likelihood that they'll win four straight games by close scores is very low. So this so the, when people talk about you, shouldn't style point victories. And, I, and my my response is, yeah, you should. Because the reality is good teams, and we've said this many times, don't win close games good teams stay away from close games right so every every team that's that's won the super bowl in recent years every team that's had a playoff run in recent years has had a couple of those close lucky wins right that's part of that's part of of the way that the the modern contemporary nfl works every there's too much too much competitive balance um invariably there's going to be two evenly matched teams and the team that wins is not going to necessarily be the better team or it's going to be the team that got the better breaks got the lucky call whatever late in the game made made the play late in the game but they almost always also have one or two blowout wins right because you can't it's just so hard to win three four games by close scores because lady luck comes in and can really mess that up so i think the question for us is can the cowboys find some of that magic so they can have at least one or two easy wins because i i i mean it's possible they could win four straight games by a touchdown or less but that would be i mean nothing short of a miracle 6.25
3: percent is that is what you're dealing with
2: nothing short i mean so maybe that's more than a miracle i mean that may be a higher percentage of a miracle but but it's but it's very very unusual and um and so then so for me the question is will we see enough against tampa bay um to have the confidence that the cowboys can win a couple of these games by comfortable margins so that so they only have to eke out a couple of them late when it's close and luck uh it it plays it a huge, huge factor. Yeah, in the final that's
3: absolutely. I mean, yeah, if you only flip on a coin a couple of times versus four times, your chance is going to help. And it would be nice if, if the Tampa game was not one, it was one of those games where we just like you know, it was you do, you know, there are style wins they just come out, send a message, look at we're a good team, you know, and maybe they could do that again in a divisional round two and then then when you get to the the, the best teams in the league, you know, those those are going to be, you know, those are tough games. So, you know, can't blame anybody there. It's mm-hmm. like you know, mm-hmm. and let's just see where fate lies in that instance. But we gotta get to that point first. But to get before we get to that, we gotta get done with this show. So that is all <laughs> we have for today. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Blogging Boys the Podcast Network. Leave us a rating, write a review wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. Tell us what you think. Anything you would like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything about at all, any Cowboys hot topics, you know, matchups you're worried about in the game, or if you have a personal triumph, you know, you want to talk about, it, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Danny phantom 24 and Rabs is at Rabble Rouser, spelled R-A-B-B-L-E-R-O-U-S-R. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week. Every day we've got something new for you. Tomorrow we'll have the World's Team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart. So make sure to check that out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay happy, stay true to the silver and blue, and we will catch
2: you later. Last dismissed.
1: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot.